Now, I really wanted to preach a different homily. Usually, the first homily is something feel good, get to know the new guy, something about my faith journey or how excited I am to be here. But as I sat down to write this homily, I was uninspired by all of them. Which is usually a good sign that the Holy Spirit wants to push me in a different direction. So apparently, what the Holy Spirit wants you to hear today is an explication of our Gospel from St. Luke. So here we go. After having spent all of chapter 9 working with his apostles and preparing them for the Passion, Jesus decides that it is time to slowly head for Jerusalem. So he chooses 72 of his followers and sends them ahead. Why? It cannot be because the Lord is unable to attract people to himself. Jesus is God, and God can do all things. But everything we know about God in the scriptures, from Genesis to Revelation, tells us that he delights in secondary causes, which is to say that he prefers to work through others rather than to have to insert himself directly. Again, not because he is incapable, but likely because it is good for creation itself to participate in the work of the Creator. It is good for the disciples themselves to participate in the work of their Master. Notice that Luke specifically says that Jesus sent these disciples to every town and place he intended to visit. Again, why? If the goal of Jesus and the disciples were simply to convey some new philosophy or social order, as the gospel is often reduced to today, then Jesus' coming after the disciples would be unnecessary and illogical. Because as long as the essential information gets conveyed, the messenger doesn't really matter. In fact, if Jesus just wanted to convey information, he should have gone to different towns to make sure that the information was spread as far as it could go. But the disciples were not sent to preach a philosophy or a political message. The role of the disciples was to prepare these towns for the arrival of Jesus himself. What the disciples were preaching, whether we call it the kingdom of God or the good news or the gospel, what the disciples were preaching was nothing more and nothing less than the person of Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. The kingdom of God is at hand because Jesus the Christ has arrived and is in our midst. The message is Jesus. So why does Jesus say that his disciples are like lambs among wolves? It's because, as the scriptures note in many places, this world has been given over to the power of the evil one. 
This world is marked by sin. And because the work of Jesus is to defeat the power of sin and death, we should expect resistance from the powers of this world everywhere that the person of Jesus is being preached. In that case, why does Jesus not use a more militaristic analogy, like, Behold, I am sending you as honey badgers amidst cobras. It is because the very power of Jesus is in his self-sacrifice. Sin and death were defeated by his sacrifice on the cross. And so not only should the disciples expect resistance wherever they preach Jesus, but they should also expect that it will only be in their self-offering that they will ultimately find victory. And yet, God does not leave his workers unaided. Jesus sends his disciples forth with only the bare necessities because he wants them to see how, at every moment, it is God who is guiding them, protecting them, and taking care of them. They will be successful because of God, not because of their own efforts. This is also why Jesus specifically commands his disciples to pray that the master of the harvest would send out laborers for the harvest. Again, their preaching will not be successful because of their own efforts, but only because God himself is the one who directs the action of preaching the gospel to the world. Now, what about the talents themselves? Most striking here is the idea that the role of the disciples is not to convert, but simply to preach, and to let the towns respond however they will. Those towns which accept Jesus will find peace and healing, and will receive the coming of the Lord with joy. Those towns which reject Jesus will continue as they were, simply with two fewer disciples. But, as he himself notes, Jesus is coming nonetheless, and things will not go well for those towns when he arrives. Today we might talk about this idea by saying that the gospel is to be proposed, never imposed. Our goal is certainly the conversion of souls to Christ, but we cannot take responsibility for whether someone accepts or rejects the gospel, and we would certainly never force them into faith. Our responsibility is simply to make sure that every person is given the choice. So what might all of this have to do with me as the new pastor of Assumption Parish? The obvious analogy is that I, like the 72, have been sent here to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that this homily is my plea that you would receive Jesus with joy, and that you would spare me the fate of a lamb amongst wolves. 
The story of the 72 is interesting because, unlike with the apostles, there is no indication in the scriptures that these disciples were ever ordained. Which means that this is as much your story as it is my story. Lumen Gentium, the document from the Second Vatican Council on the Structure of the Church, suggests that the role of clerics like me is to minister to the Christian community, while the role of the laity is to minister to the world. So while it is true that our Archbishop has sent me here in the same way that Christ sent his disciples, it is equally true that my job as your pastor is to send you out into the world to preach the coming of Jesus, just as the 72 were sent two millennia ago. And it is my job to equip you for this mission by ensuring that you always have a home here at Assumption where you can renew and enliven your relationship with the Lord through the sacraments and solid Catholic teaching. If we, together, preach the coming of Jesus, Satan will fall like lightning from the sky, and we will rejoice because our names are written in heaven. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I have been looking forward to this day for a very long time, much longer than just the three months I've known I'm coming here. I've always prayed to be received into a community like this, and my prayers were very much answered. Our life as disciples of Jesus is a constant adventure, and I cannot wait to see when the Lord is going to lead us.